Smartcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement, Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, It becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest Harrison Meager to the show today, host of the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast, a Czech certified holistic self-love coach, and an amazing individual who I am so excited to share with our audience. I had the pleasure of being on Harrison's show recently, and I can tell you that his energy, his exuberance of all things spiritual, working to help others, these are things that we need to nourish more in our society. And having a light worker such as Harrison helping us work down under in Australia, it's a a gift. And so Harrison, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jason. I'm... We were just talking about this, but I'm so excited for this conversation. I've spent the last couple of months focusing on being the podcast host, and I haven't had the opportunity just because of work, and I'm so grateful for it, but I haven't had the opportunity to be guest in a while on a podcast. So it's so nice to be in your energy and be held by your beautiful space. So I'm excited to be here. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure for me to be on your show. And it's interesting you bring that up. I noticed that the more shows I go on as a guest, to talk about my story and my message, and then being able to have you like on my show to do the same. I feel like we blend our audiences together yeah, and we give each other an opportunity to really like do some great work by combining forces and sharing our perspectives. And hopefully the main goal I have with this interview today, just like anyone I do is to let our audience get to know you better and give you a chance to share your personal story and your details. Cause I think you have a very compelling story and I wanted to ask you my first question, because I know you're in Australia. Where are you in Australia right now? 
I'm on, so for people that are maybe haven't been or, because I know a lot of my audience, for example, are in the US. And when I explain Australia, it's like that thing that's on the other side of the world with the crocodile hunter. And that's about it. So I, <laughs> I live on the East Coast and I'm about, I'm in between Sydney and Brisbane. So if people know Byron Bay and the, the furthest East point of Australia, that's where I live. I told you when we were on your show, I said I had been to Australia in 2011. It was on my bucket list. I went for three mm. weeks in May of 2011, right before, I guess it's your winter. And yep. your win- it's such a beautiful place with 20 million amazing individuals yep. who were very receptive to me during my visit. I got yep. a chance to stay in Sydney for two weeks and then travel from Brisbane up to Cairns. I did miss yep. the Great Barrier Reef by about a half hour, so I knew I had to return at some point <laughs> in the future. But and now you have an excuse. Now you have an excuse <laughs> to come back, sir. Absolutely. I loved Australia. I still love Australia. So anyone who's down under, I love being able to share on my show. I will say that one of the most interesting things from my vantage point, being an American visiting in Australia, was how you guys have some unique abbreviations. I remember I was on Bondi Beach and I was asking one of the lifeguards a question and they said, oh, just DeSalvo. And I was like, what? DeSalvo? And I found out that meant afternoon. And I'm like, how is that abbreviated as afternoon? But yeah. I loved it. And then there was that other stuff, the food. There's some stuff you dip stuff in and it's like bitter tasting. And I tried it and you guys swear by it. But for someone like myself, it's an acquired Vegemite. 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 Yes. 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 I loved it. I'm so grateful to have you on and share your experiences today. My first question to you is, how did you start on your spiritual journey and what motivated you to embark on? So I appreciate the question, my friend. And it's actually something I've been analyzing more recently because, you know, as we discussed, I think these past experiences, while the most important moment is the present one that we're in right now, our past experiences pull us to the audience, to the souls, to the beings that we need to be in because that's how we relate to people based off the things that we've done. So I can definitely point to a couple of different situations, but the biggest one, I think, in terms of what activated the awakening that I'm on now and the things that I do in the world through my business, through my podcast, I actually started funnily enough in your country. And I I spent a big chunk of my late teens, early 20s, really exploring and traveling the world. And I'm really grateful for the beautiful experiences, the people that I got to meet, the places I got to live. But I classify it as my time period in which I externalized the self, meaning that I didn't really know who I was. I didn't know how I defined myself. I didn't know my value or my worth. And I deemed that as something outside of me, right? Through the people that I was meeting, through the places I was traveling, through the alcohol I was consuming, the experiences that I was moving through. And it reached a point where I think God or universe or source, whatever you want to call your beautiful higher power, stood up and said, okay, you need to see something else here. You need to see that these things don't define you. These external things, while you feel like they are giving you a lot of love and validating your love, that is not where your love comes from. And long story short, all of it was all taken away from me very abruptly. I was detained and deported at LAX for a period of days, and it was very traumatizing and life-changing. <laughs> and I. Yeah, 
it was a step that I had to take to go inside of myself. The only place I could go at that point, because everything else was so now telling me that I was a criminal, a horrible person, a bad person. The only space I could go was inside. And that is what sort of sparked a lot of the work that I do now. I love that example because bad things happen to amazing people. And from my vantage point, that point of reflection, I feel like sets you really on your journey of where you are now and where you're going and what's coming up. And I wanted to ask you, what has inspired you the most in the recent couple of years that has led you to embrace love as a message to and theme and mm. to build coalitions. What has driven you? What's your motivation? So I, I grew up in, I wouldn't say my family was super religious, but I grew up in a pretty religious culture, school, environment in general. And from a very young age, I learned that God was or the higher power that in my context it was Catholic and Christianity. But I learned that Thank God you. was this was this thing outside of me on a cloud. And without going into that whole story, that never felt aligned with me. And so I went atheist. And then fast forward it due to a lot of different events, that one I just explained and some others, I came back to a understanding that not only is God not is outside of me, but God is also me and inside of me. But it's not just in me. It takes a very particular type of form. It takes a very particular type of frequency. And that frequency is love itself. So that is the deepest realization of love that's really come into my awareness. Not just the emotion of love that I have with you here today in this beautiful container that you've made on your show. That's love. But more of a sort of beingness of love, more of love as that higher power that is outside of me, but also inside of me. And if I'm open and willing to do the work that is needed along my spiritual path, I can connect into deeper spaces of that love to then share with the world. That's an amazing answer, actually. I agree with you 100%. I think love is the invisible force that combines us all together on here and as well as the afterlife. When we die and cross over, I believe it unites us to our loved ones where they can stay connected to us regularly. And so when you gave that answer just now, that really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And I think unconditional love, while we challenge ourselves to attain it, it's everywhere. And we just have to learn to allow ourselves to be vulnerable to it, to express it, to receive it. So many people who Mm -hmm. challenge themselves with self-love have a hard time loving themselves because of prior traumas or if it's verbal abuse or physical abuse or whatever it is, low self-esteem. And I feel like if so many people are able to learn that love is unlimited, it doesn't cost anything, but your time and energy and effort and focus Mm. and your ability to allow yourself to open up, let your walls down, to be vulnerable to one another and take Mm. those risks, live outside your comfort zone, kind of like you mentioned a little with traveling, Mm. we can all discover how powerful love is in our lives. And the beauty of it is, and that's why I always talk about pay it forward. The more you can love and express your love, the more you'll see it in your life, I believe. I think it's a reciprocal thing. The more we can express our love for each other and our love for ourselves, it becomes unabounded. And I think there's an invisible hand that the universe has around us to fill in that void that we sometimes haunt ourselves with. And for anyone in our audience who thinks they're alone, I'm going to challenge you and tell you, you're not alone. I've dealt with being alone during the pandemic. I have two parents, but I know I'm not alone. 
The realization of all the spiritual synchronicities in my life have been powerful and enormous at best. I want to ask you from your vantage point, have you had an awareness of synchronicity in your life and how it's helped you with your own spiritual awakening and your own path? And if so, could you share that with our audience? Yeah. So let me go back super quick because I just want to hit on something that you were just saying around going through those layers of love. And I think it connects into the synchronicities that you were just asking. I had a I had a guest come on the show a couple couple weeks ago and much like you i always i get powerful beings that sh- that channel and show their <clears throat> intuitive gifts and she channeled some guides into the show and was expressing what they wanted to say and they said a lot of beautiful things but one of the things that they expressed on the show i asked them how do they define love and they went into this big beautiful description but they made the point that us as humans we need to start just expressing love for each other more not just the romantic and relational love, just love as a state of being that if we can, how we start to move through those layers is just telling people that we love them, but there has, there's no expectation. There's no, if I say, I love you to Jason, that doesn't mean we're going to get into a relationship right now. It just means that is me expressing my love. And that's what pulls through those layers. So I just, I want to plant that seed for people that when we say love here, as Jason is beautifully highlighting, it's more than just sometimes that fear that we have of, oh, I'm going to get in a relationship if I say that with someone. <laughs> but going back to your question of where the synchronicities have come into my life, to be honest, it's where I've started to embrace more of this spiritual side. I Spirituality isn't, as you see in the recording, I'm here on my bed and my meditation pillows in the background. and this I'm not just in my spiritual nature when I'm here. Spirituality is going into a deeper layer of life in general. So I've noticed that when I am open to that, whether it's here with you, whether it's on my podcast, whether it's in my coaching, whether it's on social media, when I open my heart, which is where that spiritual being spends a lot of its time in any situation that I'm in, that's when I'm open to receiving the synchronicities. That's when the channels come in. That's when the guides step forward because like you said, they speak that language of mystical love too. And when we make the choice to be open to it, they go all in. Absolutely. hundred percent. I, I find refreshing your ability to have the courage to be vulnerable because that's a power. People don't realize that. So many people like get hung up by, well, if I express myself and if I say like, after I had my cancer a couple of years ago, I started telling my college friends, I was in a fraternity in college. And my college friends remember me when I was 18 to 22, and I was very uptight trying to get into law school. I ran a lot of organizations. I was very stoic back then. And after having my cancer and seeing like what could happen in my life where things could change quickly, I started to tell people who are important to me, I love them. It doesn't matter, male, female, I just express that love because I feel it's, it's needed for one. And two, I don't ever want to have a regret. When you work as a psychic medium, I shouldn't say work because it's more my passion, but when you do the spiritual work that we're here to learn and we're ascending after we, our bodies give way and we move to the next spot, we ascend. I don't call it death. So when you have that mindset to know that we don't cease to be, it's like our time on this planet is precious and obviously has a finite time frame to it. So by being able to express love to those who I resonate with and who really mesh with me, I just think it, it's it's a superpower in and of its own. It's like forgiveness, yeah. the power of forgiveness. When you could forgive others for things that you feel like you were hurt by and let that go finally. 
those things go hand in hand. And yeah. I appreciate it's refreshing that you're with your message on your platform. And I see that you do live events on LinkedIn, I believe. I see, I've seen you on LinkedIn and yep. I think Instagram. Even. Clubhouse. Oh. I just spent a lot of time on Clubhouse too. Share with our audience what those are for you and what motivated you to start doing those events online and what yeah. how you found it's transformed your ability to express yourself to your audience. Ooh, good question. So just a bit of context. So what Jason is referring to is, yeah, so I spent a lot of time on Instagram and lives, but LinkedIn a little bit. But most of my sort of live appearances online at the moment started and continue with the Clubhouse platform. If people ha have heard of it, I would recommend if you haven't lean into it, it's a beautiful space. And how it's really started to expand me is through the power of the voice. And I, you know, I have many things I could say about the voice and what it allows us to do. You were just talking about being vulnerable. I, I teach a lot about the chakra centers and the energy centers and the, there is a reason that the throat is on top of the heart, right? It's because the throat is the space in which our love gets to meet the world through the voices, through the words that we speak. And a lot of us, you talked about the pains and the traumas that restrict us from saying, from sharing our love with the world. Most of us have a lot of pains and traumas from either childhood or ancestral elements or past lives that restrict that throat center. So when we go to speak, a lot of us want to express and want to say the thing and want to be vulnerable and want to share our message with the world. But then we have all of these traumas, these pains, these challenges from the past that come up and they sabotage us. They make us feel like, oh, are we going to be ostracized? Are we going to be rejected? Are we going to be abandoned? Am I not worthy? Am I not valuable? And for me, what I've really come to learn is being on these platforms, specifically Clubhouse and sharing my message about what I do in the world and connecting to people, it's helped me move through those beautiful challenges and those pains. It's helped me see that these traumas and these things from our past that restrict our expression are not there to keep us in the victim, are not there to bind us, but they're actually there to help us see what is needed so we can surrender into them and become more of ourselves. I've noticed that when I've shared my voice in public forums and live forums like Clubhouse, not only did I, was I not abandoned, was I not victimized, was I not ostracized from the tribe, all these fears that come up, I was actually embraced more. Because when we share our voice in a space of vulnerability, like you were just saying, not only do people sort of not veer away from that, they actually lean in because they are attracted to that love and they get pulled to the light that we express because they, on a very unconscious level, realize that they deserve that too. So just to summarize, using my voice in these public forums has really allowed me to pull back the personas that restrict what the message is and what the love is and what the light is that I deserve to express to the world. Like peeling back the onion, being able to yes. get to the core of who we are. And eliminating the bravado and the mask yes. so that we could be real with who we are and not be afraid to show that. Yeah. Yeah. That's and it, and it, I know you have a lot of, you have probably a lot of mystical, spiritual listeners. It is, it's moving through those layers of the ego, right? Because it, the ego, and we need to love it. We don't want to, we don't want to kill it. We don't want to victimize it. But we want to see that the ego is there to keep us in separation. That is its purpose. And if, but we don't have to 
suppress and ignore that. We can see it and we can surrender into it to get to that spiritual being, that love that lives in that heart space. We always have that choice. Absolutely. I want to ask you this. I'll go first so I don't put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you, what has been the most significant spiritual experience of your life and why? And I'll share with you that it was when my grandfather passed away in 2004, I had orbital light come into my hotel room where I was, unconditional love washed over me. And from that point on, I started living a more spiritual life than ever before when I realized I was a medium. And I want to ask you from your vantage point, if you'd feel comfortable sharing, what was your most significant positive spiritual experience and why? All right. So I would say a few come to mind, but the one that's coming up in the moment is, and it's funny, there's kind of resistance around this because I know this is such a hot topic at the moment. And I think we need to talk about what I'm about to talk about with very, a very balanced perspective, but maybe my story will highlight that. So I, two years, three years ago, actually right at the start of the pandemic, just before it started, I was part of a plant medicine ceremony. And many spiritual things happened in that event, as you would imagine. But one of them that really stood out, that it changed me in a deep, fundamental way from my relationship with spirituality, my relationship with love and the interconnected nature of us as humans as part of a big collective. I was in the ceremony and there were a lot of other beautiful souls around me going through their own process. and. I was in there under the influence of the medicine, just moving through my own layers. And I was picking up the collective of all of the souls around me. And they were all going through their own dark night of the soul, moving through their pains and traumas. And there was one particular member in the group that was quite obviously going through some challenge, going through some pain, going through some trauma from his past. And he was crying and expressing and just just going through this very tangible just heartbreaking moment where he was in it and i was there obviously very close to this person and just all of his waves of emotion were just running over me were washing over me and if i hadn't if i wasn't in that sort of spiritual state that these kind of medicines take us to they're not the only thing that take us there they open the door we step through and connect to god because i was in that state I saw all of this pain, all of this emotion, all this expression. I didn't see it as something to look away from. I didn't see it as something as, oh, this is too much. This is horrible. This is something disastrous. I actually was in his energy and I was crying. I was crying. I was expressing and I had a smile on my face. And after some deep reflection, just to wrap this here and explain the summary of this, in that moment, I was embracing all of what he was. And you talked before about unconditional love. When we talk about unconditional love, it's not just loving the beautiful, pleasurable, joyous, happy moments of life. That's love. But love is also the anger, the shame, the guilt, the heaviness, the darkness. Right? When we are moving along the spiritual path, we, will, we really want to love all of what we are, right? And that includes the shadows, the pains, and the traumas. So in that moment, 
with my visceral response to this person going through his trauma, I really felt in my heart, and as I reflect back on it now, it really showed me a deeper meaning of what it means to be in that unconditional loving state. And what, and and this is going to sound very hyperbolic, but it's very much true. What life actually is? Life is the whole spectrum of the paintbrush, rather than just one narrow box that we think we should fall down. I love that. So, in other words, you're looking at it from a gestalt point of view, the whole. I buy into that as well. It resonates well with me that you think about all the loving someone for their flaw. One of the things I did earlier was I meditated. I came up with a post on my Instagram. I said, love your, love your setbacks, love your haters, love your muse. Like I just said, but more importantly, love yourself. I listed a whole bunch of things. And to me, it's synchronistic that we're talking about this right now, because when we go through our down moments, so many people tend to walk away and not want to be bothered. That's when we need help the most. Yes. It's not where we feel disconnected and by ourselves, but to cultivate those connections with one another to help us through trying moments. And I think that's a big reflection of where you're at right now, that you can identify that and see that for yourself. And that's something that I've only recently started realizing myself on my journey. And I believe just like you, we're all on our own journey. With the COVID thing, it was a very introspective period for me because we had, what, two years of dealing with it. And I go by the social psychic, not the social distancing, social isolated psychic. So for me, I'm still getting adjusted to life post where we were to be able to go out more and do things, but I'm very comfortable on my own too. So I've changed and transformed myself. And I guess from my vantage, I want to ask you, when you went through the pandemic down under, what transformed the most about you and why? Love your questions, sir. You're, you're, that I can tell that your sort of intuitive channels—it's firing today. I love Thank it. You. Thank you. Many things, but th- I think the thing that I will—I'd love to share with you and your audience—is—I talked about this yesterday, and this is now something I teach about because I went through it, and I think that's the best way we can teach things—is is from our personal experience. It, it was really embracing the archetype of the hermit, and. It sounds like you were doing that too, but I really just leaned into it. And what I mean by that is I think in our spiritual awakening process, like you just highlighted, a lot of our layers and a lot of our shadows come up to be seen. And in that process, a lot of our friends, a lot of our family members, a lot of our outside elements, they're going to be triggered by this. And we can sometimes feel very lonely and isolated from that in itself. And we tend to think that this is a bad thing, that this isolation that we create for ourselves due to our awakening process, that's bad. But I'm here to flip that on its head and say, I actually think you should lean in. And this is really what I understood and what I did about myself. What the pandemic, its side effect, its happy side effect was that it actually pushed me more into sort of just being in my own world, creating my boundaries. Obviously, without going into the whole controversial side of it, I due to the choices I made with my body, I couldn't. I was very restricted based on what I could do. So I could only spend time here. And what that allowed me to do was just a whole lot of inner reflection and inner work and inner sort of self-care, self-love. And because of that, and I'm still in it now, but because of that, I was really able to rise like a phoenix out of the ashes. And yeah. <laughs> And that's where sort of 
my online coaching business started. That's where my sort of appearances on Clubhouse, like I was just saying, started. That's where the podcast started. It's not a coincidence that all of these beautiful expressions of my love, of my passion, of my purpose happened after I leaned into the archetype of the hermit, where I went inward and put up the boundary so I could work on myself. So then I could come back out into the world in a higher state of frequency and realize, oh, the world isn't really the way it is. The world, and I'm going to get super spiritual here. I know you're like a matrix moment. Yeah. But the world is an objective, right? The world is a reflection of our internal state of being, right? So if we can go inwards and alter and change and heal and expand that inner state of being, paradoxically, when we step back out into the world, it will reflect that frequency back to us. Definitely. I love the word manifestation. I started manifesting years ago, but I really perfected it during the pandemic. And I, uh, I took a six foot dry erase board from my law office since I wasn't going there all the time and put it in my bedroom. And I share this with you because I want to get your insight. Yeah. I wrote on my board without thinking, I want to organize my garage, organize my house and organize my workspace. And within literally six weeks time, my mom during the pandemic came here for two weeks, helped me organize the house. I didn't ask her. She just offered. <laughs> After that, I had one of my assistants volunteer to help me organize my workspace. My garage took two years. I finally did that a week ago where I had everything hauled away. My question to you is, have you had a similar experience where if you write things on a board and focus and work on it, do you find that things come over time to fruition? And if so, what's your opinion on manifestation and how could our audience learn from our experiences so they can start doing it themselves more? So I love that image of your of you manifesting your beautiful mom to come in and do the things my we talked about this on our on on my podcast we both have mothers in our lives that are leaning into our spiritual nature i so manifestation is a big topic for me because i talk about it a lot in the coaching i do with people and i think the most popular version of manifestation is the secret and the law of attraction that we hear about and while I think it's a wonderful resource, I think it's only half of the story when it comes to manifestation. We need to understand that we are, whether we are a physical male or a physical female, we both have the divine masculine and the divine feminine inside of us. And where this connects to manifestation is we need both the visualization and the imagining and the sort of creative elements of the divine feminine where we're, okay, tapping into our potential and starting to see what we deserve and what we want to bring into this world. That's the feminine, that's the creation, that's the allowing, that's the being. But we also need the other side of the coin, which is the divine masculine, which is the inspired action. Right. So where manifestation, where I teach and where I think people can miss out on the important step is that to manifest, it's not just the allowing, it's not just the creating, it's not just the visualization, it's also the inspired action that we take with the universe, right? Because we are creative beings and we are always in co-creation with the universe that we live in. So when we manifest, it is a ripple and it is an example of that co-creation with the universe. So we need to take inspired action on the manifestations we wish to bring about. So for example, let me give a very tangible example of this. Let's say that I am, I am trying to manifest 
more appearances on podcasts because we're doing this right now. I'm trying, I'm imagining in my head, I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know what's going to go on, but I'm imagining the feeling of being on shows and expressing my voice, connecting to like-minded beings. And that's what I'm, that's what I want to manifest. The next day, let's say I, I have an, I have a message in my inbox from a beautiful man named Jason Zook. And he says, Harrison, do you want to have a chat tomorrow? I don't, I don't know if I want to be on you. Want to, I don't know if you want to be on my podcast yet, but I just want to have a chat to connect in. That is the point where I need to take inspired action. I don't know if this is what my manifestation is going to be, but I'm probably getting feelings, right? I'm probably getting intuitive hits. And by taking that action of setting up that meeting with you, now I'm allowing the manifestation that's in my mind to, be, to drop down into physical reality to be manifested. That's perfect. <laughs> Great answer. I believe that as well. I think that there has to be a, a follow through to connect the dots when you, because if you manifest and you're like, oh, I want to make a million dollars, there's people that want to do that. Yeah. And then they sit on their couch and nothing happens. Yeah. I don't believe yeah. in manifestation. I can't make a million dollars. Yes. What concrete steps have you taken? Exactly. Are you trying to get another job? Are you going to better yourself? Are you working with other people? Are you being creative? What are you yes. doing? You can't yes. just manifest without action involved with it. And the heart, so going back to the heart and love and the soul, right? That is the, so notice the difference here, not just action, but inspired action, right? There's a very big difference. You're not taking all of the actions. You're taking the things that feel aligned with your heart and soul. That's how you know that it's connected to the thing that's in your mind, right? Because your soul, your heart is directing you. Going back to the example that I gave, Jason sending me that message, I'm going to check when he sends that message, oh, does this feel really good? Even though I don't know what's going to happen, my, my mind can't logically work it out. My heart is saying, oh, this feels good. There's, there's something here. I don't know what it is, but this feels good. So I'm going to take loving, inspired action on this thing. And that's, if you keep following those hits, as I'm sure you know very well, my friend, that's the thing that sort of allows you to follow that soul path. I'm going to give you an example in, in relation to what you just said. Four years ago, five years ago is when I started my podcast. I had no experience in it. I feel like my spirit guides gave me creative downloads and said, it's time to start your own podcast. It's time to start your own show. I had to go through a lot of steps. I had a psychic tell me in 2008, who I still read with, a personal psychic of mine. He goes by Divine Visionary. He told me back then I was calling for advice on my law firm. He's like, oh, you're going to be on your own radio show someday. That was like 10 years before I laughed at him. I was like, this guy is so out there. He has no idea what he's talking about. And then I went through the steps and I spent many hours teaching myself what to do. If it's how to come up with a name, how to be listed on Apple podcasts. But the interesting part about it is once I put the work into it and took the inspired action, things started really ding, ding, ding like hitting, right? Dropping drop down, yeah. drop down. And it was like, wow, this is now a vehicle for me to use while we're going through something like a lockdown or a pandemic, I couldn't go out and socialize with people, but I could yep. venture inwards and then express myself through podcasting. And to me, creativity and creative downloads are powerful forces of nature. Yep. I don't believe in something called the paranormal. I believe everything's normal. We just haven't grown an understanding of it that. and sufficiently been able to really put our arms around it. So for us to talk spiritually today, we're talking about things that many other people don't yeah. really know yet because they haven't opened themselves up to it. Yeah. And inspired action is a very powerful phrase because the words themselves are very empowering. Yeah. And I want to ask you this, when you look at where you're at right now, what do you think the steps you take on a daily basis 
work to inspire and empower others. How do you find mm. and reconcile that in your own mind? Because I like, we'll give you an example. I tell my mom about my podcast and she jokes about it and she respects me for it, but it's, we have our human side. We have yeah. the Harrison before you became all this or the Jason before yeah. I began. And then we go from that mode to this mode where we jump online yes. and do this. And what's it like for you, the realization of where you've gone already yeah. and how you're impacting people in a positive way? What bubbles up around that, my friend, is exactly what you were just saying, but I'm going to expand on it more with the sort of making it normal. That's the motto that I live by in terms of, so this, again, this goes back to manifestation as well and how to make more of it. We don't want to just do one manifestation, right? We ultimately want to remember that we are abundant beings, that this idea that we live in a scarce universe, that there's only finite amount of money and resources, that's an illusion. I just, if you're, if this is the first time you're hearing this, I want to say this straight to your heart, right? You are not scarce. You are the most powerful person in your reality. You have abundance inside of you. And so going back to what you're saying about how do I take action on this and connect this into my life when I'm sharing this with my mom and I make all of it normal, right? I So not just talking about intuition and channels and the spiritual senses, and but every sort of new level that I can reach, whether it's connecting to a new guest on the show, whether it's bringing in new coaching clients, whether it's whatever the expansion element is, when I reach that expansion, it's reminding myself that this is normal because it is normal, right? Our normal state is to be in a state of constant abundance. We are here not just as co-creators with the universe, but we're here to co-create with the potential of the universe. And what is the potential of the universe? It's unlimited. It's abundance. So just to summarize, when I talk to my mom or when I share about Clubhouse or the podcast or my coaching or with a friend, that that distinction that you talked about, I really, and I'm a human and I sometimes I fall into the persona still all the time, but I'm really making the exerted effort to make it all normal, to make the person that I am on this podcast with you now connecting into my channel and my gifts. I try to make that the person that I am in all aspects of my life because I know that is me. I know that is my current space of uniqueness. And if I can share that uniqueness across all aspects of me, then I am truly aligned with myself. Wow. <laughs> I appreciate that answer. And you brought up a good word that I wanted to hit on next, abundance. Yeah. Too many people, I feel, focus on material wealth and on yeah. prosperity and financial gain. And that's just the way things are. For me, after I had my cancer, another point of reflection for me, I've learned to appreciate the word abundance which means not just having the ability to take care of yourself, but having this inner growth and generosity on a spiritual plane, which has nothing to do with financial gain. And because one of the things I realized with all the readings I've done, everyone crosses over. Guess what? We all start from scratch. We're all tabula rasas when we go back to where we started. We think when we come here, we're born, we're tabula rasas. Well, guess what? We leave all these physical things we've accumulated to go back to the spiritual realm where we start back again. So everything that we develop here, I challenge our audience to try to do more abundant things in their yeah. life to help others and grow and have a growth mindset and work to pay it forward and do positive things that abundance isn't just material gain or wealth. And I wanted to ask you in light of that, 
Have you found from your own ex- examples and your own life experience that when you work with people to help them have that paradigm shift, that yeah. we're spiritual beings inhabiting physical bodies in this world, and that when it comes to everybody wants to be financially comfortable, I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, trying to challenge ourselves to the higher level of where we could really make our time spent in such a way that has that significant, meaningful impact. That's what yeah. abundance means to me. Yes. Yeah. And the funny thing is that if you tap into that, the money is a side effect. Correct. Right? And, I, and I know you've experienced this and I'm starting to experience this. The more that we tap into the abundance of what our spiritual being is made of, let me just let me explain it from this angle. If you take all the layers away, what is the sort of thing that is left? It is energy, right? We are all energy. Right? And like you said before, with the p- trans- passing the death process, it's not the energy isn't just being destroyed. We know that energy is either transforming or moving. So abundance and the energy that's inside of us is the same thing and when we can tap into that unlimited moving transforming source that's inside of us then the side effect is that so going back to the law of attraction this is the frequency that we attract from right instead of attracting from a i'm scarce i'm closed i'm finite i'm small we are now attracting from a space of I'm constantly moving, I'm constantly transforming, I'm constantly connected to my potential. And then, like I said before, the outside world has to reflect that back to us because that is it is a reflection of us. So if we make the choice to feel that and believe that and see it across our connections, across our business, across our health, across our all of the branches of the tree that is abundance, then that it the it attracts from that. And one of the side effects, like I just mentioned, is the money. But I just want to, like you're beautifully doing, just expand for people. Like that is going to attract relationships. That's going to attract opportunities with your health. That's going to attract it's it, the energy that the universe is made of. Interesting point. Just recently, there's that new telescope. <laughs> that showed images from, I don't know if you heard about this, we released it in the United States. I'm not quoting this perfectly, but the gist of it is we have this new telescope that's in space a million miles from earth and it's captured these amazing, brilliant images. And the gist of what the scientists are saying, NASA scientists and others are, we're just at the tip of the iceberg or what we're gonna discover from these images. And when you talk about the journey that we do inwards, I feel like we are as, I'd say vast inwards within ourselves as the universe is with galaxies and stars and planets and that the breadth and depth of who we are inside is unlimited. Yes. And from my vantage point, that's a healing modality. It's the acceptance of knowing that we are infinite beings and that we are connected to a larger fabric of this universe, which is nowhere near what we could even comprehend in our human level. Yes. And I want to ask you from your vantage point, as you've been going on your spiritual journey and working within, have you seen for yourself things that you, words can't adequately describe if you try to encapsulate with words, but from the experiences, and I feel like your energy is very chill and you have a peace of mind and an inner peace that you've done a lot of work to create for yourself. And I want to ask if you could share with our audience, what steps do you think someone listening to us, for example, 
if they're struggling through a really challenging moment and they get stressed and they have anxiety, what would you recommend someone like that do to calm themselves? Because you seem very grounded, very calm, very centered. So I'm going to give a, I'm going to give a simple answer and I'm going to give a more complex answer because this is what you just asked me is what I do for a living as a coach. That is how I support people. And I'm going to give the superficial short and then the deeper complex. So the superficial short is spending time with the breath, spending time in mindfulness, right? Learning to respond instead of react to the world outside of us. That is really what we get caught in, right? When we get triggered by things, right? We get lost in our thoughts and our beliefs. We get lost in the emotions. We get, we get, we're reactionary rather than responding to life. And then the breath itself, what the breath can help us do is help us come back into the body, help us shift into our our parasympathetic state, our rest and digest. And that can really help us be calm, be connected and be present. That's the short answer. If you want something to do right now, it's those two things. However, what I've noticed in my work is we aren't that sort of, I don't want to say simple is not the right word, but it's usually not that easy for a lot of us. Uncomplicated. uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And most of us have come into this world with a lot of shit. A lot of shit, either from our ancestral line, either from past lives, either from the actual world that we live in right now due to collective events, right? All of these things are coming in to obscure that simplicity, to obscure that fundamental love, to obscure that fundamental abundance, potential, etc. So this is where the deep work is needed, in my opinion, right? This is where you need to realize that if it's not feeling easy for you, then it's okay to need help. It's okay to need help to deal with the shit that we all have that is sometimes very complex and hard to move through. And that is where in the work that I do, there's a couple of things that I use. So I focus in on the chakras and the energetic centers and the inner child, right? So these, the chakras and the inner child blend together in many ways and working with those things help us start to pull back the layers. Then I go into ancestral healing right? Going down the mother line and the father line, because we know that if my dad has had trauma or my grandfather has had trauma that he hasn't been able to deal with for whatever reason, it's passed on in the ancestral line. Then that's probably the thing that's stopping me from connecting to that breath or connecting to that, that heartfelt space. And then the final thing is we, in this spiritual conversation and these spiritual heights, these emotional heights, we tend to forget about the physical body. Right? We tend to forget the importance of why we are here. Why Not just the spiritual being, but we are a beautiful human being too in a physical body. And when we neglect the physical being along the spiritual path, that is also something that I found in my experience disconnects us from that fundamental potential, that loving, that spiritual source. So for me, it looks like what does it mean to ground into the body? What does it mean to prioritize the body through our rest, through our movement, through the things that we put in our mouth, etc.? So just to summarize that, it's using the inner child and the chakras, using ancestral healing and using a holistic physical lifestyle balance to move through the shit, move through the pain and the trauma to help us get back to that truth that's been there the whole time. Wow. What you're just talking about is something I tell people People, like clients that come to me and they say, I can't meditate. I don't have people come to me in my dreams. I'm not able to journal. And then I say, 
challenge yourself. And it's simple like this. What I mean by that is if you can sort through those what if thoughts that plague us all, and if you can learn, if you try to go stargazing in New York City, I grew up outside New York City originally before I moved to Florida. And if somebody told me I can't see the stars at night, they seem rather stunted. Well, that's because of light pollution. And if you venture out to the countryside where there's a wilderness and nature and you can look up at the stars then, you're going to see this cosmos that you've never been introduced to before. And you'll be amazed. And so what I tell people is if you want to connect more with your spiritual side, think of that light pollution being thought pollution. Get rid of those what if thoughts. Get rid of all those things that keep you hampered in such a way where you're stuck on that lower level vibration. And right, you're so right about breath work and mindfulness. I believe that if you can ground yourself and calm your thoughts, that you can journey inward and learn the benefits of meditative practice, learn the benefits of mindfulness and breath work. And also though, you're doing such a service for yourself because your body's going to appreciate it. And you're increasing your connection between mind, body, and soul. Yes. And it's powerful stuff. When you think about it, before I had my cancer, I was 50 pounds heavier. And so Getting into physical shape is so important, but too many people focus just on the physical. They don't look at the mental and the spiritual. And I think if we're able to look at all three, that's like where abundance comes in for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, just to hit on this, because this is so important what you're saying. This is the name of my podcast is the cosmic love antenna. And the, the, the antenna analogy, I think is explains exactly what you're just saying here about the triad of the mind, body, and spirit. Because you think about what an antenna is, right? On top of a TV, for example, it has an inner frequency that deserves to be expressed with the world, right? That is that spiritual, emotional, mental state that if we can pull back the layers, we can start expressing it. But if that antenna system on top of the TV is wonky and floppy and broken, that frequency can be flowing as strongly as it wishes. It's not going to go anywhere. So we, this is where the antenna comes in. We need to support the physical structure so the frequency can emit in the way that it deserves. That's an amazing answer. I saw an image of an antenna with a bunch of signals coming out as you yeah, said. That. That's it. It's true about how you connect with each other. And that is, I, have you ever done the, where you sit in a tank? It's a flotation um, tank, they call it, where you, you sit there. Sensory deprivation, yep. Yeah, I did that twice. And each time I did that, I had a, sp- a different spiritual experience. One of the unique aspects of it that I pulled away from it was that there's this fabric, which we don't see or feel, but it connects us all. And it connects us to animals and nature and the universe and the spiritual and life after death. It's all interconnected. And if we can nourish that connection by appreciating ourselves from within and our antennas to transmit that signal outside of ourselves, that's how I believe we're meant to be and function at our highest above all levels. And it sounds like you're already halfway on that. Here's another interesting thing about our conversation. There's so much synchronicity with the concepts you're bringing up compared to what I personally believe that resonate with me. Inner child, I tell so many people that if you look at the most intimidating person, like your boss intimidates you, imagine them as their eight-year-old version. That's probably what's inside them causing them to act the way they act sometimes. Or if you're dating somebody and you really don't understand the person, imagine what their past was like when they were younger, because most of us don't nourish our inner child too often. And it causes us to have, I'd say, a disservice for ourselves. We deal with a lot of negative emotions and negative thoughts. 
because we don't allow our inner child to play. We don't nourish the insecurities of our inner child. I want to ask you what your opinions about that. I know you're, you have (laughs) your own. I have a lot with the inner child. It's so I'll just hit on the point that you're saying. I want to make this very clear for people listening. What goes unnoticed, right? What goes unhealed, what goes unseen, unfelt, unexpressed, doesn't just disappear. Now, I'll give a very specific example. Let's say in our childhood, I was rejected and abandoned by my caregivers. And for whatever reason, I was unable to heal that wound. And I, you know, after that, have created stories around I'm not worthy, all the things. That wound doesn't, again, doesn't disappear. It now moves into my subconscious, unconscious. And uh, going back to what I said at the start of the chat, remember, our natural state is abundance, is healing, is balance, is potential. So there is always a force inside of us that's helping us, pushing us, prompting us to get back to that state, even if it's unconscious. So what tends to happen from an inner child perspective is that those unconscious wounds, now that we're not, now that we don't have conscious awareness of them for whatever reason, how they will get our attention is that they now will project into the outside world. How will they project into the outside world? That inner child wound of rejection, of abandonment is now going to project into my adult relationships. I would ask your listeners, have you been in a subsequent multiple different relationships where your partners keep abandoning you, keep rejecting you? I would now ask yourself the question, is it them? Do they have their own shit? Yeah, that's why they're attracted to you because you attract But the reason that you are attracting it is because you have those wounds inside of you that deserve to be healed, deserve to be seen, deserve to be felt. And how it is getting your attention is through the mirroring of this other person. Without going off into a whole other tangent on this, I would just encourage people with that inner child topic to really always come back to yourself, right? You are the most important person in your world. And that is not selfish, right? That is self-love and that is self-care. And when you start to see the inner child come up in relationships as one example, move out of the victim. And I say that with so much love. I say that as someone who often catches himself in the victim. So I'm right there with you, no judgment, but move out of the victim and ask yourself, right? How is this happening? Instead of this happening to me, how is this happening for me? What, is, what wound is this allowing me to see? What emotion is this bringing me up to feel? What story is this reactivating so I can reprogram that leaves me in a state of expansion rather than being in the victim that's being persecuted? What you said resonates with me on a one-on-one level because I was one of those people that was abandoned as a child in a way and had to work through my own issues as an adult. I got ghosted a couple of years ago by somebody I cared about and it brought it all the bubble during the pandemic, yes. actually, heat of the pandemic. So for the last two years, I was like, wow, I didn't realize I was dealing with these issues, fear of abandonment. If someone ignores me, that's like, that's like death to me. Like, yeah. If you want to talk to someone and you're muted, I feel like that's probably why I have a podcast. I get to talk and it's <laughs> yeah. one of my passions. And, and Jason, just to put this point in, because it's coming up connect this back to the money thing, connect this back to the abundance thing. Another way that these wounds show up is in our relationship with money. If you like, this is the big thing in my world at the moment that I'm, I'm in, in this, like everyone moving through this. And I see clients that come into my world and right. When they, 
when they say no for whatever their reason, their beautiful reason is to my services, that same wound that is is activated in a relation in an intimate relationship is activated, right? It's another manifestation of the same thing, right? So I just I want to put this out to people if you also have money challenges if you feel like you're self-sabotaging yourself in your business or money keeps moving away from you then being then attracting look at these inner child wounds and if you can feel heal that wound of rejection and abandonment the intimate relationships and your relationship with money will most likely shift as well you're right about that <laughs> so right I would love to have another episode with you on other topics like inner child yeah and, I'm already I mean already you're a wealth of wisdom you're a wealth of wisdom. And this hour has gone by like a flash yeah. of light to me. I would love, we're going to have to plan something else. I would love to yeah. have more episodes and have us collaborate further because I think the conversation mm-hmm. topics are off the charts in terms of synchronistic and relatability. And I like sharing your message. I love sharing your message, I should say, in terms of what you have to offer us and your insight. I, Jason, I, I'd love to give you a bit of love here. So I receive it, sir but I'm going to reflect it back to you just from my perspective. I, uh, It's so nice, and I'm sure this is why you have the audience that you have and you have the success that you have. It's so nice to be in another divine masculine's energy that is open to this kind of work. And I'm, and I'm just I'm trying to be vulnerable and open as no, I always cool. am. Yeah. It's, and I'm not saying this as if this has just been my experience. I... There are so many divine feminines out there that are in this work and it's beautiful. And maybe it's just been my experience, but I've it's been challenging for me to find other men in this space that are open, much like I am open. So I think just to summarize what I'm saying here, while this why this energy is flowing so abundantly, and this happened on my show too, right? We said the yeah. same thing at the end of my show, right? It's because you're so you're so centered in your divine feminine and your divine masculine, my friend. And I I just want to honor you for that and your journey, your story, your gifts. I can feel it. I can feel the passion and the purpose. So just sending you love. So. Well, I appreciate it. I receive it hundred percent. I'll give you a tidbit. I'll show this to my audience. So for the longest time, I struggled with money myself. And I recently decided I was going to sell my place because it's grown, it's grown a lot in value. And I've started manifesting that. And today I had a reassurance of financial stability that made me want to go jump up and down for joy, so to speak. Because I know everything I'm manifesting right now and everything that I've been through challenges in my life, it's like there's new chapters to our book every day. And if we can look at the what's ahead and not get bogged down by what's behind us, it's going to just yep. illuminate the path we're supposed to be on. And my day today has just been massively incredible. And it's not even over. Yet. Yeah. And I still have a few more hours of spiritual work to do. And between my show later tonight, I'm doing a call-in show and I have yep two psychic readings I'm still doing after this beautiful hour we just spent together. I just have to thank you for coming on the show and being you and being real. And one of the things I appreciate the most about you is your authenticity. And I know we're going to collaborate a lot together. I could tell you. And I was also going to tell you, you're going to write a book. So pay attention to when you start getting motivated and inspired to publish. And once you do, I want to help you with that and share your message further. I love it. So thank you so much. Received. I'm on it. The books, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> I just want to thank Harrison for coming on the show today. As you can see from the last hour, we've just talked about various topics in spiritual context with relative ease. That's a unique gift. Harrison has a lot of unique gifts that I believe 
you'll learn more about and check out his information. He's the host of the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. He's a Czech certified holistic self-love coach, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think once you get to know Harrison more and work with him, you'll see firsthand the power and the empowerment that he can offer to you. So check his stuff out. I'll have everything in the show notes. And if you want to hire him as a life coach, do so, because I really think there's benefits to working with coaching. Just like athletes need coaches to excel their performance on the field. So we all need coaches. We need coaches to excel with our own expressions of love for one another, our ability to venture out of our comfort zone and our ability to be vulnerable and not fear it, not to be afraid to to put ourselves out there on the line and live the best version of who we are. And that's what I believe Harrison's all about. So check out this information, stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Electric acid.